Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back, guys, to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we dive in the trenches with gym owners. We talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of the business of fitness. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we are joined by Samantha and Aaron from Ohana Fitness and Wellness in Shelby Township, Michigan. Ladies, how are you doing today? Good. Oh, good. <laughs> Happy to have you. Appreciate you coming on. So let's dive in and start. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Why did you guys start this business? You know, to go down the path of entrepreneurship in the fitness space. Why did you choose this path? And I guess, Samantha, if you want to kick things off, I'll let you do that. So yeah. yeah this business? So entrepreneurship in general was always something that interested me. Um, I actually closed my eyes and picked entrepreneurship out of this handheld bulletin. I went to Central Michigan University and I opened it up and I closed my eyes and I put my name because I couldn't think of like, I couldn't decide on a major and it was entrepreneurship. And I literally, my, my line was, if I can learn to run my own business, somebody else will hire me to run theirs. Like that was where I originally thought of it. And, and so I was like, well, we'll see how it is. We'll see how it goes. I always had um, a passion for nutrition uh, and was just starting to get into fitness. And that I started off with just group fitness instructing and getting into my own kickboxing classes, which eventually turned into a love for health and fitness. Um, so I ended up double majoring in health fitness and nutrition um, and entrepreneurship. So that's kind of how it all began. And I wasn't sure when I would ever start a business. Um, so fast forward a little bit, I was in the fitness industry working as a fitness director um, and decided that I just wanted more in life and I knew I had more potential and I really wanted to open my own studio after uh, learning you know, the ins and outs of business. And so I decided to just, I went to a mentorship and I'll shout out Todd Durkin because he is my mentor uh, that kind of kicked things off for me. And I went out there and out into California and I had my life changed and decided to come back and put my two weeks in and start my own fitness business, um, which is typically not the way to do it. But uh, I had a dream, I had a vision and I had a plan. And so I decided to start with in-home personal training. Uh, I just started just training people in my living room or in their living rooms. And it turned out to be pretty successful early on, which ended up me pairing like Betty with Sue in, in Sue's living room. And then they became good friends. And then they added three more people. And before you knew it, I had like little mini fitness studios in everybody's living rooms. Um, so I built that up enough to be able to open up my first studio, which Aaron and I did not know each other yet. Um, and that was a live work. It had a little space on the bottom that was probably, I don't know, Aaron, what was it like 400 square feet? Not even like it was, so it was a room. And, yeah. um, and then I lived on top and nice. that was the first studio. Um, we opened up in on May 14th uh, back in 20, what was it? 2014. Um, and yeah, the, the rest is history. So that's kind of how it first started. Um, Great. later yeah. on, we'll talk about that, but like Aaron and I ended up meeting and then opening our second and third, uh, relocation, which was really cool. Yeah. So let, let's talk about that. So yeah. Awesome story, Samantha. They're like, you know, following our passion, if you will. And, uh, I like you, you went in home and it took, you know, took really no big, no big risk right away and getting clients before you took that jump to a physical space. So when did um, Ohana come around, Ohana Fitness? 
how long after that first initial space or, or was that what it was called from day one? No, uh, it was not. I was just doing in-home personal training. So it was Samantha Lazarus Fitness. Um, <laughs> that was my first LLC. Uh, and then it took me about eight months to build up enough uh, money okay. to be able to open my own studio. So that is, uh, we were just talking before we got on this, actually, this call about the original creation of the name. And so I'll tell that story because I think it's kind of cool. Uh, I actually had my grand opening planned without a name. Uh, and I was just like, it's going to come to me one day. And sometimes you got to leap before you're ready. Right. And I was just like, we just got to get out there and we'll open up the space and the name will come. Uh, and one night I went to bed and I apparently dreamt about being in Hawaii. I have never been to Hawaii, still have never been. It's a dream of Aaron and I's to go. Um, and I just dreamt up apparently the name of our studio. I woke up in the middle of the night saying, oh my God, that was it. What, what was that name? And I couldn't remember it. And so I took my laptop out. I Googled common words <laughs> in Hawaiian and Ohana ended up being one of them. Uh, and so I decided to, that was it. it, it meant family. And that was the biggest thing that I wanted. I wanted women to walk in and feel like they were a part of more than just a fitness studio or a gym, it, it, it's a family. And that's kind of what started off in the living rooms. Like they all got to know each other. And so I just wanted to continue on with that. And ever since then, it's been that plus more. Our clients are literally like this close, really close knit community and they all love each other. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, to be able to create that community is terrific. And Aaron, when did you get involved with Ohana? I know we talk about this off camera, but for the listeners, talk to us about kind of how that worked out and that whole process. So it was actually really funny because Sam and I, we didn't know each other, um, but we went to the same college. We had literally, I think at the time, like a thousand mutual friends on Facebook, but we still had never met each other. Um, I saw that she was posting and she was local to where I was living at the time. And she was saying how she was having a grand opening and I was teaching fitness classes. And that was kind of like my side thing that I just enjoyed doing. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I'm going to go support this girl. I'm going to, you know, go take a class at, at her studio or whatever. Cause it was literally like two minutes away from where I was living. So I went to a class and then, um, I, I loved it and I loved like her whole mission and what she was all about. And so I just wanted to support that. And at the time, like I had no intentions of ever like owning a gym or, or doing anything in my, myself. I, you know, I went to, to school and just thought like, uh, you know, a full-time job was where it's at. And like, you have a, a pension and, a, and you have health insurance and all those things. And that's, what's really important. And then come to find out, like I was leaning, you know, year after year, I just felt unfulfilled. And so when Sam and I connected, it was more like, passion brought us together like as awkward as that sounds right um but it was it was like we both loved what we did and we knew we wanted to create more impact in the world and like how could we do it together um so we just started partnering on projects at this point we were not in partnership um in the studio sense but we were partnering on a lot of things um, and we started running like food one-on-one workshops and like meal prep and, um, just like lessons for people and, you know, working out, um, tips and things like that. And then we created a program together and I'm sure we'll talk about this too, 
we created a program together that basically married, you know, fitness, nutrition together. And we wanted to create some sort of different differentiator in the fitness industry that wasn't just like chicken and brown rice and broccoli and, you know, just like the normal diet plan. Right. Um, so then we created that. And as we continued to work together, she was like, dang, our, I was teaching for her at this point. I started teaching at that studio. She's like, we need to expand. We have too many people for this little tiny space. She was looking at, you know, other facilities and she's like, Hey, can you come, you know, to a meeting I have with the realtor? And I'm like, sure. Why not? Like, I didn't think anything of it or that even, I, I just, it didn't even like cross my mind. And she was like, well, like, what do you think about, you know, like partnering? And basically she got down on one knee and asked me to marry her. And I said, yes. And the rest <laughs> <is great. laughs> we always joke about that because <laughs> it literally was kind of out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, I think that's, what's so unique about our partnership with each other. A lot of people go into business with friends and we didn't, we weren't friends before we went into business together. And I really think that that helps us in the long run because now obviously we're very close now, but um, you know, we were able to just kind of sit down with each other and say, Hey, look, we work super well together. I couldn't even pick out a paint color without asking her. Like I was like, I have to have you here and I would love for you to jump on board. And so when she, when she went to that meeting with me that day, we basically just looked at the space and it was the, it was the, it was the one that we picked for our second studio, our expansion. Um, and I said, like, let's do this. And she's like, all right. And so she set her game plan to get out of her full-time job. Um, same kind of thing she did in home or she did uh, not in home. She did personal training. Uh, and we are also beach body coaches on the side. So she kind of did that enough to generate enough income for herself to be able to quit her full-time job. And obviously now we're, um, you know, seven years later. <laughs> Can you guys hear me? I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. I lost you for a few seconds. Yeah. I apologize. Um, yeah. So I want to dive into that partnership piece. So, yeah, it's like a relation. It is a relationship. It's kind of like a marriage. So it's funny. Aaron, you brought up the getting down on one sort of deal because uh, it is very similar. What do you guys think um, is the key to success for you in your partnership? Do you guys both have like clear set roles or is it you just work really well together? What do you think one or two things are that really stand out top of mind? Um, I definitely think in the beginning when we decided to partner together, um, it was, we really did keep like private life separate. I mean, we're females. So like, of course we talk about things like happening outside of work. Um, but we were really good at keeping business business and like, we didn't hang out outside of work. Like we had separate friends and all of that that's changed since. And now, you know, she's a big piece of, of, of my personal life and stuff. But, um, but I think that that honestly was a good thing for us is like we could, you know, take away the emotional side of things um, as far as business goes and strictly focus on like what our missions were, um, you know, what, what our purpose was as far as like how we wanted the space to run and how we wanted business to look. Um, and that was wholeheartedly like uh, just our whole entire life for the longest time um and then I don't know maybe Sam you do but yeah. I don't know like what shifted that um 
I think but, honestly, one of the keys for, from my point of view is just like a regular relationship, honesty and communication. Like we are very honest with each other. If somebody has something that seems off, we talk about it. We set up a meeting. Like we don't like shove things under the rug. There's no like sassiness between us. We kind of just like we always clear air if it needs to be cleared. And so like, we're okay with coming to each other being like, I feel this way, which I think is huge. That's why a lot of businesses fail or a lot of partnerships fail is because you don't have that component. Um, so we have a mutual understanding that like, Hey, if somebody's not feeling so hot, well, I'll pick up the, you know, she, she's on her third baby now. So I'm going to pick up the slack when she's, you know, when she has her baby, she picked up the slack for me when I was getting married. And we kind of just have this like, you know, common ground, mutual understanding that we work. That's how we work with each other. So sometimes there are going to be days that she works more than me, or I work more than her, but going into it with like just that 50, 50 mindset, a lot of times I think can make it really hard for partnerships to stay alive. We know that it's sometimes it's going to be 70, 30 or 60, 40. And we're okay with that because we know we'll always have each other's backs. Yeah. Or, no, or like Sam's strong suit in certain things or, or where I'm weak and I, you know, take full responsibility for where I lack, you know what I mean? So like understanding that, you know, some things she's going to take initiative on and I can't get like jealous of it or mm -hmm. like upset about it or anything like that. Um, I think that's a huge piece too, is like sometimes not that we outshine each other, right? But like Sam's strengths are, are something different than what I bring to the table and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think those are three things you guys hit the nail on the head, like communication, number one. Um, if we both have different strengths and weaknesses, I think it's key, you know, to, to a successful partnership, especially in this industry. And then kind of leaving our ego at the door and like, you know, taking nothing, take nothing personal. So yeah, I appreciate you guys sharing that. Something we won't get to talk about enough. So um Appreciate that. That was awesome. And, uh, you know, awesome. Here you guys have a good partnership. I think that's so helpful, you know, and let's transition out to the, to the gym. So at Ohana, just tell us about the services that you offer. Uh, let's start first with like, what is your bread and butter service? And then we'll go into any other services, services that you guys are offering. So our bread and butter is group fitness. It's large group fitness classes. So we offer classes seven days a week, um, as early as 5.30 a.m., as late as 7.30 p.m. Um, and it's that's like our main focus is group fitness classes. I would say our second focus is actually, um, although we offer personal training, our second focus is Little Black Dress. And so that was the program that Aaron was talking about. Um, that is what created our studio. I truly believe that um, it's what took our studio from a struggling, hey, asking friends to come in so it's not awkward for the one client. Um, you know, in the beginning, that's a lot of what it is. Like, hey, you know, you ask a couple locals to come in and make the other girl feel comfortable. Um, and so that's what really took us from that to like being able to expand to our second location, which was 2,000 square feet um, to now our third, which is 3,400. So um, that's been, that's been a huge part. So little black dress is an online and in-studio program as well. So we offer, uh, in-studio options for people that are local and then also online for people okay. that either can't come in or don't live in the area. Um, and then we have for personal training, nutrition, consulting, meal planning. Um, what else, Aaron, am I missing anything? Yeah, that's pretty no. much it. We just, we run auxiliary programs and things, um, but it's all around yeah. the same style. 
the revenue streams we have obviously group training right the, our classes and a group training and then a little black dress then we do pt uh nutrition piece uh you, can, you just bring up supplements too do you guys sell supplements is that a piece of line a little bit we're beach body coaches yeah okay. and then any any merchandise too along those lines yeah oh yeah we have yeah. swag we, we call swag have to have that merch yeah so you got a lot like five at least five revenue streams there and now yeah. samantha said we have three locations right so it's not just the one we have three no we do have one location we've done three expansion well got two it. expansions yeah. so we had uh the first little baby studio and then the second one which is a little bigger and now our third okay okay yeah that makes sense and then yeah we'll dive into a little little black little black dress program here in a minute but let's talk about marketing so what are you guys doing to get new faces in the door what have you done in the past and what are kind of what are you guys doing right now to attract new people into your gym um honestly like the best clients that we've ever gotten is definitely word of mouth referrals um i feel like a lot of our lifers are because their friends you know started coming here but let's be real social media is where it's at um, and we do a ton of marketing on social media, not just like boosted ads and, and things like that, which we do dabble in. Um, but that's not our main focus. Our main focus is essentially just like getting people to know who we are, what we're about. Um, yeah, say I'm just putting the chat reels, lives, and then connecting with like our followers and things like that. Um, something that we try and do often which has helped us tremendously has been to run like cha little challenges like for instance we're doing a um a four week or five week challenge for march madness um and it's about to end but one of the things that they have to do to get points is like check in every time they come to the studio or anytime that they do a workout they're checking in um, and so just kind of like getting people to talk about us. And so others can notice like, oh, what's this person doing? Um, where is this place located? Like that kind of thing. Um, but because we don't, we're not just, you know, a, a brick and mortar and that's it. Like we do provide online services. It's been, you know, just people sharing and we, can connect with those people and be like, Hey, like we have this online program or a little black dress program. If you need X, Y, and Z, like we literally try and help people in all facets of life, like every single stage of life. Um, and so we, we truly believe that we have something for everybody. And so word of mouth and, um, just social media connection has definitely been where it's at for us. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, word of mouth is always great. Obviously, they're, they're our best marketers. Uh, I found the, the like the paid advertising piece, digital marketing piece is the most, we'll say, reliable way to predict what we're going to have coming in the door next month, May, June, July, August, September down the road. So uh, have you dabbled with paid advertising at all? Or it's been, I know you're using social media and interacting that way, but have you done the paid advertising route or digital marketing route that way, like, you know, directly targeted? in your community to X, Y, and Z person? Have you gone that deep into it? Yes, yes, yeah. we have. Um, I truly do believe though that the strong, at least for us, our strongest marketing tactic is getting our clients to be our sales force. Like right. that, I mean, they do it anyway. When you provide an excellent service, they wanna go and talk about it. So like Erin said, so when she was talking about March Madness and having them check in, 
she meant check in on social media. Like they have to tag that they're at our studio, but also right. like they go out, we have so many different situations that they will, you know, get some type of challenge to go online and showcase like them with our newest program or, you know, uh, talking about their own testimonial or transformation going in online and on our reviews and just different things like that, that have really just put power behind the word. Like anybody can, anybody can boost an ad. Anybody can target an ad. They, a lot of people are doing that right now, but I, the best clients, like Aaron said, that we've had are the ones that are directly from somebody's Facebook post or, you know, being at a coffee shop with a friend and they tell them about it. Like that's our, our bread and butter there. Yeah, no, I, yeah, for sure. Have you guys seen a way, um, to best like systemize that, to use word of mouth and referrals. You know, obviously we have our best clients. Is there any process you guys have put into place that, have, that has worked well to best, you know, utilize that, that form of marketing, whether it's you know, saying, hey, these are my 10 best clients. I'm gonna sit down with them and uh, talk about this program, talk about the referral piece, offer them this if they bring in these people, or, or is, anything, is, there any, or, or is it more of an organic kind of process? Um, so with Little Black Dress, we have four ambassadors that we choose from each round. Um, so four people that have gone above and beyond to like step up in the challenge yeah. um, and showcase like their own personal story and just help others and cheer people on. And so we award what, them with the title of ambassador. Those people tend to go out. Uh, we give them specific things that they can say on their social media to help um, help their friends and family join. So that's a great way. We do that every Little Black Dress round. Um, Every time that somebody signs up for Little Black Dress, when we, the week before we launch, so actually today is um, our day that we'll be posting this, but they are they print off our program materials and then they take a picture with it. We give away a prize. Um, so we do some type of giveaway, depending on what round it is for posting a picture with their welcome packet. And then they tag us in it and they get entered in a drawing. Uh, and then the third way we have our referral programs in studio. So we give back to our clients and their friend if they bring somebody in. So that's all just tracked systematically through MindBody um, or front desk staff. And, you know, they track how many referrals they have. We also give referral credits too. So if somebody like has a friend sign up for Little Black Dress, they'll get $25 back or they can gift it to their friend, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love the idea of the ambassadors, you know, obviously great way to, to use them and to uh, showcase them for advertising and marketing for what we're doing. So I know we talked about and Aaron, you talked about the challenges you guys run. Have you guys done any other like initial offers that have worked well for you to, to get people in the door and like really just to, just to get people started as a member and a client? Yeah, we were actually just talking about this yesterday too. Like um, my husband actually brought it up was like, have you guys ever thought of doing like a beginner class like on the schedule? And Sam and I agree that like, yeah, but that's a great concept for people who are scared to come to the gym. But like if it's the only time somebody can attend a class and we can only run one class at a time, it's like hindering our current clients from attending class at that time but things like um having our instructors like highlight 10 minutes of of their style of fitness um and inviting the community in so like people can bring friends for free and doing events like that um have been pretty successful for us um this was prior to covid but um now that things are lightening up a bit we do have a big enough space to you know kind of fill it and in the summer months we have a garage door so we can open it 
um, and get more people into the studio as well. Um, park workouts, um, we do that in the summer as well. So just people kind of like seeing randoms, you know, working out. They're like, what are you guys doing? Who are you with? Um, we've had people that are like walking at the park or have their kids at the park and, you know, ask questions that way. And then we also do a one week free. So if anybody comes to the studio, um, they get their first class free and it actually turns into an entire week where they can sample all of the formats, all of the trainers and kind of like pick and choose and decide what they like, what they don't like and that kind of thing before they make an investment. Sure, and yeah. then from there, they go into a $75 unlimited package. So like, obviously this is pricing rel relative to our area. So they yeah. get a specific, you know, new client special after their one week free. And then from there, it bridges into a contract pricing, which is our best pricing that we do offer. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, one week free trial to start, and then they can come to any class they want. With that process, mm -hmm. Aaron, of getting, um, it's like, say I came to the gym today, like with that new lead, yeah, I, I call, yeah. I respond to a Facebook uh, post, or I just walk in. What is that process like when they do the, when they do the one week trial? And then like, who's meeting with them? Are you guys doing a consultation or like, or saying, hey, you should follow this route or this route. How does that whole kind of process work best for you? So within their first, like, so they get their first class. Our um, front desk is is trained to, you know, make them feel comfortable coming through the door, showing them around, that kind of thing. And then after class, talking to them about their experience and making sure that, um, you know, they are aware that they get a full week of classes to attend and if the client has questions you know just kind of helping them figure out what what class style is going to be the best for what they're looking for um, and doing recommendations that way and then we have an assistant our chaos coordinator um, she actually um, sends a text message within the first week and just tells them like what the next step is I like it yeah, that communication with the new clients, I feel the first 90 days is like so important to get, you know, to get them part of the community, part of our business. Um, you know, it's in, obviously intimidating, can be intimidating to walk into a gym, especially for yeah. maybe someone that worked out in a long time or ever, or just moved to town or what have you. So yeah, that first, uh, the text messaging is great. Anything else you guys are doing to keep your members engaged within your community or, or engaged within the business just to help retention and, and just overall engagement within your, within your club there. Well, I wanted to add on Austin, because at the beginning yeah. of this podcast, you said the good, the bad, the ugly. So yes. I do want to share like a mistake that we made because for a long time, we did not focus on that, um, that follow-up. And right. I think right. that is something that a lot of gym owners can learn from because we had a one. So what we did was a first class free, then the chaos coordinator or the front desk would follow up with that person to get them to sign up for a two week trial for $32, which then bridged into a $75 new client special. And the amount of follow ups that had to happen and the amount of responses that had to happen or in order to maintain that client just became way too much and people would fall through the cracks. And so what we did was simplified. We just said, hey, instead of doing one one class free, our studio is so like the classes range from being like boot camp style to like turn up mix fit type like dance type style. So if you give person someone one class that doesn't give them the full experience, they need one week to really see the differences in the instructors and the formats. So we decided let's just cut all of that fluff out 
They get one week free. They get one follow-up. Here's the options to continue. And that has skyrocketed our retention. And so just like a little advice to anybody that's struggling with retention right now or um, keeping the momentum going with new clientele, check your systems. And that's what we did over the last couple of months and have seen a tremendous shift in it. So just a little word of advice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, we need systems in place, especially when that, that lead is coming through the door. I think it's massively important, right? And like we talked about partnerships, the communication piece is, is uh, massive. Um, with that retention, what does retention look like for you guys like quarter one this year, this first quarter? What is, what is like a, a good monthly attrition number? Are we plus each month or what is like, what does January, February, March look like for, for this? In a percentage standpoint? Yeah, percentage or just, yeah, yeah, percentage is fine, yeah. Yeah, so we were like running at, uh, let's just be honest, we were running real low for a while there, especially with COVID, which was around like 30% um, for intro offers. And we've 2X that now. So we're like headed towards 70%, which is awesome. Um, as far as the retention goes for our members, they are all contracted clients. So they are all pretty much month to month or they're in like a reoccurring monthly membership. So it's it, not many people, once they're in, they stay. Um, not many people really back off unless there's some type of health problem or you know a relocation, that sort of thing. Yeah, do you guys do 12 month contracts or three, six months? We used to we used to do 12 months. We switched yeah. uh, once again, people fall through the cracks. Um, yeah. when you're when you're working like we are around the clock, um, it has you know a lot of things can fall through. Um, and especially when you don't have a full staff, marketing staff and this and that. And so Aaron and I um, decided, let's just make it, they sign up. It used to be a 12 month contract, month to month, 107. We said, let's just make it, you're contracted out. It's month to month, so they can cancel at any point in time, but they are just on a forever, streak of until they you know until forever whenever they yeah. want to cancel they end up and it's actually worked out really well for us people feel less intimidated to sign up for a contract and they're able to continue on um as they go and if they want to shift their membership they just call us and we you know talk to them about it cool yeah very good very good i think that's the best of both worlds right we get a, a contract a, a commitment piece on our end but they don't feel they're locked into it forever and ever if something crazy were to happen or you know no. Well, especially with COVID, a lot of people have been scared to sign up for a contract. Right. right. You can't tell somebody, hey, like sign up for this 12 month contract and then they end up getting sick for two months. Like Aaron and I both got knocked down pretty hard with sicknesses. We totally get it. And yeah. the amount of people that you're having to put on hold or, you know, it's just, it's not worth it. And so bridging over to this has been awesome. Um, and then as far, like I did want to talk a little bit today about, um, our platinum membership too, because that's a new membership pricing that Aaron and I recently came up with. We basically took all of our little, little feeder programs that we do on the side, little black dress, post little black dress challenges. Um, those are challenges that come right after little black dress. Um, one-on-one -on -one coaching, nutrition, uh, meal plans, that kind of thing. And we all bundled it into one and it's called Ohana Platinum. And so that's basically like an upgrade on our, on our current members package, which gives them monthly access instead of this big quarterly jump in how much money they're, they're spending at our studio. It just kind of levels it out. So from a business owner standpoint, it's a lot easier to predict, you know, your, your monthly revenue, but from a, from a customer standpoint, it feels better. 
because it's lower. It's not so high as such a high spike. And so that's been, that's a recent thing that we just started implementing and that's been taking off too, which has been exciting. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's very good. Very good. I wanted to go back to uh, engagement within your, within your community there. Events we're doing or have done or looking to do now, you know, coming out of COVID and all that stuff, just to keep the engagement up and to keep members, you know, for longer. Because I think those events uh, really help with our retention and overall just engagement rates. So what, what are you guys doing for that? So we have, our goal is at least one like community event a month and it'll be at our studio more than likely. Um, but we ask our instructors. So we, I, I mean, I take pride in this and I know Sam would too. Like we do a really good job of, you know, asking our instructors what their strong suit is and like giving them an opportunity to provide workshops or, um, you know, like be able to share something that they're passionate about. Because when we first started, like we were just craving for somebody to give us an opportunity. Right. And so we do that for our staff and it's been very successful so far. So we do things like meditation workshops, yoga workshops, partner yoga. Um, we just had a turn up event where two of our instructors who teach a specific format, like had a, like a dance party. Um, we do fundraisers, um, where people can come and they can, you know, like a donation based class where hundred percent of the proceeds are going to go to a cause, um, doing things like that. Um, and then partnering with, with people outside of, you know, the studio. So like before COVID, we partnered a lot with Lululemon and did workouts like at their, their sure. store. And then they gave our clients, you know, a discount if they wanted to stay in shop, um, things like that, uh, which we would love to, you know, get back to doing, right. Um, and we have, we, we have always wanted to, we haven't done it yet, but I'm assuming, you know, when I'm not very pregnant and, you know, now that COVID is good to go, um, well, kind of, uh, we will be doing things at like Jimmy John stadium, which is like a local, like baseball stadium that we have. That's super close to where our studio is. And it's like a big open space and, and they can have fitness classes there and things like that. Like that would be something fun for us to do. Um, doing something at the big house, she just said. So like the U of M stadium and, and things like that. Like these are all like life goals that we would love to, to do. Um, but, but we, we honestly, we don't want to just, we don't want it to just be Sam and I, like, we love that we've created, you know, this community and our staff is top notch. And so we love giving them an opportunity to kind of showcase their skills and, and, and our clients like it too. Yeah. Be the light. So we, we made shirts for them this year that, that for, awesome. as a gift for Christmas that say be the light. Cause we truly think that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So have you guys, have you seen like people, members that engage in these events tend to stay longer, right? It's a pretty common theme, correct? Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. I love doing the events uh, at the stadiums and is the big house and the Jimmy John stadium, the same thing or those two different things? Two different things. Like, yeah. Really, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. To kind of build our team and give them, like you said, Aaron, that opportunity, you know, that we were looking for back in the day. What does your staff look like besides the two of you? Just give us a quick little like staff breakdown. I know you have front desk and we have uh, coaches. What is your staffing situation like at this current moment? 
Um, we have about four front desk staff. We have a um, chaos coordinator. So she like does any and anything, any and everything um, that we send her way. She's amazing. Shout out to Katie. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then as far as trainers go, we just hired another one. So we have about um, 14 uh, wow. trainers or coaches that work with us. That's awesome. What, what, so yeah, it's really great. To, and we have a staff and it, it allows you guys to be able to scale obviously quicker than if, if we're doing this all on your own, a day in the life for both of you now, um, probably compared to when you start is way different, right? So what's like an, a typical day for you guys now, more like the CEO kind of role type situation, running the business, yeah. business putting like out fires. Yeah. yeah. All that <laughs> kind of the, yeah, we, the message, right. And, and growing the awareness of what we're doing. Is that kind of the day to day right now? Yeah, we still teach fitness classes. Erin obviously is um, yeah. slowing down now because she's going to have a baby in like 20 days. But um, so, yeah, um, but we, as of right now, uh, I teach five classes a week. I used to teach every class on the schedule. Um, nice. And then we split, me and Erin, and then slowly we've developed the, this instructing team over the years. Um, so actually we did use to both personal train as well. Um, and my dad, when he passed away, that was basically like when I stepped back from personal training because it's, uh, it, it just, you know, life changes and things happen and it makes you realize like where you, where you need to focus your time on. And so Erin and I both actually, she had her second kid and it was like, we had to take a step back from that. So now we've delegated that to other trainers and really stepped into the role of of business owner. So a day in the life, most of the time we're in meetings, um, we're working on the business um, on the back end, we're creating graphics, content, all of that kind of stuff. Um, some days are more fun than others, you know, uh, but we love every minute of it. And the cool part is, is we can still jump in at any point in time and teach a, a random, you know, Saturday afternoon class or a pop-up class or things like that. And um, we, we still get to work in the business, but it's not nearly as much as we used to, which is good because it, it's hard to transition out of that. A lot of studio owners that are newer, you know, people don't, your clients don't want somebody else. They want you. And so it took us a while to get to the point where we're at now, but we absolutely love where we're at now. Yeah. That was a big growing pain for us. Sorry. Okay, yeah. What, what was that? What was, what was the final thing that made you guys transition to your roles now? Was it kind of a slow process or something you just realized that eventually for us to grow, we have to change kind of what what we're doing day to day. Yeah, it was definitely a slow process for sure. Um, because like she said, we were teaching, you know, all the classes. So like our clients and, and the community was used to seeing our faces. And so we slowly started, you know, introducing new trainers and coaches. Um, but it, it didn't take, it didn't go well at first. Um, again, we are a female only studio. Um, so it's people get attached and people like a specific thing and, or a specific person. And like Sam has her people and I have my people. It's not even like, um, it's not even like, uh, it, it's not even like people just want the owners. It's like some people like me over Sam and vice versa. And that's cool. But like, so it was hard to make that transition out um, for us and then for our clients too. But honestly, it was more like 
life happens outside of business and we're like okay if we want to sustain what we're doing we need to create something different because I you know I got married I had a baby and then I was pregnant with my second and I'm like dude I can't be teaching you know all of these classes if I have two kids at home like the, my husband's gonna kill me basically you know and then Sam ended up moving you know pretty not like too far but like 30 minutes outside of where the studio is and it's like she didn't want to make that commute every single day and that's totally understandable and so we just started realizing that it doesn't necessarily have to be us working you know in the studio let's work on the studio um, and so our focus became there. It, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't the easiest transition um, because people got attached and then it wasn't, not that it wasn't good enough, but they were just expecting sure. something different. So we had to groom our trainers to be more, you know, more like a specific way or, or you know, take the feedback and make sure that we were communicating with, with the trainers and what the clients wanted and all of that. Um, so it was, it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of work, but definitely worth it because now, you know, we're, we're teaching, you know, well, me, not so much right now, but like we're teaching maybe three days a week, yeah. you know, and that's, that's plenty and that's right. good, you know? So it, it, it's been good for us for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. And congrats on getting to that level. A lot of people stop at the previous level because it's hard or there's some conflict or some growing pains and at that point we we're still just self-employed really getting to this level yeah. now we're like business owners right so that's that is awesome so congrats on doing that with that being said what is like what's the next 12 months for ohana where what are you guys looking to where are we looking to go to be 12 months you know what is it april april 6 2023 where do we want to be any any really big goals we're trying to focus on and, and knock out of the park here <laughs> yeah, so we didn't talk about this part of our business, and this is really where I wanted to emphasize a lot of energy today was on our little black dress licensing. And so what Aaron and I have created over the last five or six years with little black dress, we started it about a year into the first studio. Um, it has become something that is so second nature to us. And when we go to other studio owners, we're a part of some masterminds. And when we go to other studio owners and we tell them about this program, they're like, have you ever thought about like, just like helping other studio owners with this? Like you guys have so much knowledge and it's been so ridiculously successful for you guys. Like, how are you able to help us with this? And so Aaron and I started back four years ago, was it Aaron, with our uh, nationally registered trademark. Uh, so we got Little Black Dress Transformation. Um, we got that nationally registered as a trademark. And we also um, now license out our program to other fitness studio owners. And I know that there are other Little Black Dress programs out there. The reason that this is different, like Aaron was talking about in the beginning, fitness, nutrition, and mindset together as a whole has it's become a bit oversaturated in the industry now, but when we first started it, it there wasn't other things out there like it. Um, especially with women, we get so wrapped up in our heads and our clients get so wrapped up in their heads about body image and confidence and self-esteem and even getting the courage to step foot into a fitness studio is hard. And so what we really created with that in the beginning was if you're not ready to come in studio, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. 
And we wanted to bring Ohana into somebody's living room. And that was honest to God, one of the only ways I think that we survived the pandemic was we already had this online platform that was well-established and running that allowed us to, to keep Ohana running, even if it's in somebody's living room. And so we, after the, through the pandemic actually, and talking to so many studio owners about, hey, what are you guys doing? How are you getting your classes to people? You know, what are you putting out there to keep people interacted and going and happy? Uh, we started doing that and we realized like, dude, we've, we've got something here. Like our, our coaching and our mentoring, like not to toot our own horn, but it's pretty good. Um, and to, and to see businesses start to succeed through just the small tips that we were giving them was incredibly just it was next level. It's like when you get that text message from a client that says like, oh my God, because of you, I lost 20 pounds. Because of you, I looked in the mirror and finally liked what I saw. It was like that, but for business owners. Right. And so we actually launched our licensing program officially at the end of last year, um, okay. which was huge for us because it's something we've been working on and a big goal of ours for a long time. Um, we had our first studio uh, make her money back and more, which was awesome. Um, we now have three more studio owners that are working with us right now. And we all launch our program on the 11th. Um, so our next round of little black dress and they have all made their money back plus a lot more, um, which is amazing, you know, within their first round to even, you know, get that money back. And now looking at the, the acceleration of this program and how many more lives that we can impact through just helping other fitness studio owners has right. been it's been so eye-opening to Aaron and I. And so that's really where we're headed is to get more, more studio owners, uh, you know, going with this to help more business owners see that there's more than just their brick and mortar and how they can use it to help fuel their brick and mortar and not it be separate entities like oh, oh, online's over here in studios over here, they can be blended together. And that's what this program really does for people. Um, and obviously increasing the the studio size of classes and things like that, getting it back up to where it was. We were having 30, 40 people per class before the pandemic, which uh, Michigan was one of the hardest hit for the yeah. closures. Uh, we were we were shut down for about eight months, um, running 30% capacity for a lot of those months, uh, which was very hard on us. So getting back to that and just increasing our class sizes back to where they were, um, is going to be our biggest two goals, I would say. Erin, I don't know if you have anything else to add on to that. Um, no, that's for sure. Uh, and just like getting getting back to a place because we were we were doing so good like before the pandemic hit, and I'm sure tons of gym owners can can relate to this. And it was like the past two years have been such a rebuilding like like slap in the face pretty much like for all the hard work that we had put in but there was it was nothing that we could do it was so out of our control and so i think just getting more control back um in within the business and then just focusing on getting back to that point where we are you know out of the red and into the green like way beyond where we you know where we were before which we're doing great like don't get me wrong and i'm so grateful that we made it through um but it was freaking hard so just getting back to a comfort level where you know we feel like um we can take time and be able to you know focus on on new programs and exciting things instead of just like 
okay, where, where do we need to make money right now? Cause we got to pay our staff. Like that's not a good feeling. So, um, just getting out of, uh, out of that kind of like, you know, response where you're like, okay, we need to do something right now. And it, yeah. and it's not necessarily where our focus should be. Our focus should be on, you know, creating and getting excited about these new programs and new initiatives. But, you know, sometimes it takes precedence, like being able to, to pay rent, you know? Yeah, so definitely focusing on growth um, and getting more people in the door, like Sam said, bigger class sizes, um, and getting over the idea that, you know, people are okay now a comfort level wise. Cause for the longest time we were like, eh, should we increase classes? Like this makes me nervous, you know? And, but if people are nervous, they're not gonna come and that's okay. And if, if people have an issue with class sizes and things like that, we hear about it. So we know. <laughs> um, and so just focusing on what we need to do as a business to make sure that we're thriving and not just, you know, surviving. Yeah. And I think for like the last two years, our industry has been in survival mode, right? Like we don't know if like for sure. the issues, closer, closures, government issues here. Um, what, what have you seen as the biggest challenges? with people coming back to the class? Is it just like a mindset thing? Was it just like, you know, obviously the lockdowns and people got used to maybe working out at home or, or what have you? What do you think in, the, in your experience has been the biggest challenge with getting these people back in the door, you know, post COVID? If I'm going to be really honest, yeah. what I've heard and what I've saw is actually because we are a women's fitness studio, it's, how much they're judging themselves for letting themselves go over the pandemic and then walking back into the studio for the first time and having people say, where have you been? What's going on? You know, we haven't seen you in forever. We try to encourage our clients. Like if you see somebody that hasn't been here in a while, don't address it. Just say, Oh my God, it's so awesome to see you. Don't ask them what they've been doing or like, you know, why haven't they been in? Everybody has their own reasons for not coming in. And I think just the judgment that women have, uh, you know, I can't speak for men. So I'll just speak for women. Like uh, the judgment that we put on ourselves for like, oh my God, I should have been doing more. How did I gain this weight? How have I gotten so out of shape? And then it's like the fear of like, when you go into the studio of, am I going to be able to keep up? You know, I'm not going to feel like what I used to feel like. Am I going to feel like, am I going to die? Am I going to, you know, like they, they always worry about, and it's just, it's that negative self-talk and like people talk themselves out of coming in because of all of these fears. So what Aaron and I have been doing is really focusing our videos. When we do live videos, we focus in on that fear. And we just did a video yesterday that was like, have you felt like you, you know, you, you don't feel comfortable coming back in because of, you know, a fear on yourself and what, what you've done with yourself over the last two years. And how can we break through that? How can we make you feel more comfortable? And just addressing to them, like, it's okay to take everything at your own pace. It's okay to take breaks and just being more understanding with clientele. Uh, you know, everybody will have their reasons of like, if they feel safe or not, you know, with COVID and things like that. And that's nothing you can control, but something that we really have, just been trying to help control or help focus in on is that confidence of it's okay if you're not where you were at yeah. it's about just getting started again and not feeling judgmental of yourself because of where you're at yeah i think that's awesome and obviously we can use social media to reach all the all the people and the clients in our community in our locality 
uh, so much easier nowadays than in the past. Uh, one last question for, for Samantha or Aaron, whoever wants to take it with that little black dress program. What is the end goal for that? How many gyms are we looking to be in? How many licenses are we looking to sell? Ideally, is it in the hundreds? Is it bigger? Where's like your, your mind focus on that? Even if it's past the year, you know, big picture type stuff. LBD worldwide. <laughs> Aaron, go ahead. I have to find my charger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely want it to be something that people know about. So regardless if you're a client, you know, doing the program or a gym owner investing in the program, like we want it to be a well-known program and something that helps impact you know, thousands of people's lives. Because within just our studio space, we've impacted, we've, you know, worked with over a thousand people. So like, that's huge for us and, and such a, such a thing that, that we're extremely proud of. And so to be able to help other studios find, you know, their own little black dress program and making sure that they find success and have things outside of just like, people coming to class because that only gets you so much yeah. and maybe that's paying rent, but like, that's, that's, that's not enough, you know? So, so giving people more of an option to be able to have people like us who are extremely passionate about creation and like love this stuff. Like we literally create ev all the content. We create all the captions, all the graphics, we create all the marketing, we give you all the tools and then we're coaching you along the way. So it's like to take that, you know, and gift that to somebody, you know, for a small fee, like it's so worth it because um, we spend so much time within the business. And so that creation sometimes doesn't happen. We've gotten ourselves to a place where we're able to do this. And so we want to give back to other studio owners. And that's the whole point of why we're doing this. So I would definitely say, you know, by the end of the year, if we can get upwards of, you know, 30 gyms or studios that we're working with, like that would be a huge thing for us. Like that would be a win. So yeah, yeah. Like, just to, thousands. <laughs> yeah, just to be able to like put that into a number perspective too, the, the growth that we've seen with this program for our studio, and it's not just like an auxiliary program, it's also a feeder program for in-studio clients because they try it out at home and then they come into our studio uh, when they feel comfortable and ready because they've tried out classes. Um, and so to be able to scale this and, and have other studio owners see the success in their financials, like we have, um, you know, we've made almost $400,000 from this program over the, you know, the last five years. And it's been I like, I wasn't kidding when I said, you know, our, our two biggest revenue categories are group fitness and little black dress because yeah. they are pretty comparable there. Um, and to have another studio or multiple see the same results, if not better, because if you look at our first round of little black dress, it's hilarious. Actually, we've done like uh, one of those videos where it shows like then versus now it was like me and Aaron in this super echoed studio. It's like bright orange walls. And, and we were just showing moves on a, on a crappy iPhone. And it was like, you know, and it was just like, that's what it started off as now. It's obviously beautiful, professionally recorded videos with everything looks very professional, but to see the growth of that has been funny, but like now to have this professional well-versed like we've done 21 rounds of this program. We're on our 21st round right now to have gone through all of this growth and now teach others 
what we did wrong, what we did right, how to succeed with it. You know, it's, it's been really cool. And so, yeah, I, I, like Aaron said, you know, 30, 50 studios, that's, that's kind of where we're headed. And, and just to be able to spread the impact of little black dress too. So not from a business standpoint, but to like help expand just the, they call it the little black dress effect. Like a couple of our licensees were like, you're just, you're not even going to understand the magic that happens in this. And they can't even explain what it is in the program. There's just something that has magic and our clients will 1000% back us on that, that it's just, it's just different. And you're going to feel that and your clients are going to feel that. So to get that out there more, it would just make Aaron and I the happiest people alive. <laughs> I, I can hear in your, in your guys' voice, Aaron and Sam, it's the, the passion and uh, the impact it can have. So like, I love it. I think it's awesome. And like you said, it's just a great way to impact so many more people and other businesses too, and show them that there's more than just, you know, in the gym. We have well, to and that's the thing too, is a lot of people just don't want to do like, it's so much work. It really is yeah. to yeah. create. I mean, a lot of people have six week transformation programs or 12 week or whatever, and they know, like you guys know, probably listening, it, it takes a lot to create all of the content marketing, uh, you know, recruitment, everything in that. And so to be able to have something that's pre-made for you, and then on top of that, we change it every single round. It's, we don't just repeat the same meal plans or the same workouts every round. It is something new and fresh to people. So we have clients that have done 15, 20 rounds. They keep coming back and it's not because they're not seeing success. And it's like this thing that's like creating this yo-yo diet cycle. It's they get something new out of every theme of every round. And it's like, sometimes it's more focused on mindset. Sometimes it's more focused on nutrition and they get to learn all of these different aspects through it, which keeps them coming back, which is the true, that's what you want out of a six week transformation. You don't want it to be a one and done type thing. No, no. It's a good way to get new clients in the door and then we can keep them and, and sell them into another program we'll be doing. So uh, yeah, it sounds terrific ladies. I love it. Uh, where can the listeners check you out on social media for everything you guys have, like Little Black Dress, The Gym, Ohana, all of it. Where can we find you? Um, well, we are on Instagram a ton. Um, so Ohana fitness and wellness, M I, um, I believe is our handle. Oh, wait, I Ohana know, fitness but... and wellness. Uh, we got oh, to yeah. change it finally. Um, okay. so yeah, Ohana fitness and wellness. And then our, our website's the same thing. Ohana fitness and wellness.com. Uh, we're on Facebook too, but yeah, Ohana fitness and wellness. And, uh, we're in Michigan. So very yeah. cool. And we can find information about little black dress program on those sites as well. Right. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate you taking the time today in this hour with us and telling you, tell us about Ohana, about Little Black Dress. It was awesome. And I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for the opportunity. Got it. And to the listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for future episodes. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords, we're out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Octavio Cifuentes from FTX Wellness out of Boca Raton, Florida. What's going on, Octavio? Welcome to the show. How you doing? What's up, Alex? How you doing, man? Yeah, I appreciate you joining. I know we were chatting a little bit before this, and you have a lot of cool stuff going on with your fitness facility. Um, but yeah, before we dive into more of the nitty gritty of, you know, what you have going on, how you run your facility, why don't you first give us a little rundown about what made you start your business in the first place? Dude, it's very simple. Uh, I am in recovery. I, I suffered from alcoholism and drug abuse during my 20s, and uh, I got sober, and my, the only thing I ever got peace at was at the gym, ironically. Uh, I found peace there. I found a small little gym that would uh, was open 24-7, so when I couldn't sleep, I would go there. And I started working out slowly, and then I, the owners of the gym just opened their hearts and uh, lives to me, and they said they pushed me into becoming a coach, and that was 14 years ago. Awesome, awesome. Now, I would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch of FTX Wellness and the services that you guys offer. Sure. Uh, so FTX Wellness here in the heart of Boca Raton is the one-stop shop. As corny as that sounds, we are the one-stop shop. Uh, we're a 44,000-square-foot facility, standalone building. Our first floor has everything from a chiropractic physical therapy office, uh, massage therapy, acupuncture, um, everything from that. And upstairs, we are a performance center, well, super gym, that... Uh, we dwell from anybody from a CEO to the regular old uh, fitness enthusiast, right? So, and to right. a pro athlete. So we're just simple family. It's a family, a family vibe, like we call it, right? We don't like to uh, push buttons or do anything like that. We're more like a safe atmosphere for anybody to wants to come in and just get healthy. Right, right. And, and a lot of, you know, you're offering a ton of services and a lot of gym owners that I speak with always talk about wanting to get to this point to where they're an all-inclusive wellness center, all, you know, one-stop shop. And you really made it happen. You're actually one of the first people that I've talked to that have it to this level where you have, you know, so many different services that you could offer your members, which is really cool to me. Um, you know, that leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? Right now, we're about 180, 180 mm -hmm. members reoccurring monthly, give or take, you know, the 10% that comes on and off, you know, growing at a 13% rate monthly. Mm -hmm. um, like I was telling you earlier, our memberships go from anywhere from uh, $65 to actually $4,500 a month. Wow. Wow. Super cool. I would, I would like to, uh, you know, try the experience of that $4,500 one there. So would I, buddy. So would I. <laughs> like, that's on my plate too. I'm not doing that. Uh, cool. Yeah. cool, cool. So you're sitting around 180 members right now. I do always like to ask, is that a number that you want to stop at? Or are you guys trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Uh, honestly, there's always room for, for growth, right? I would love to stop at 250 um to maximize space uh right. especially with COVID everybody's still a little bit eh, I don't want to be in a full class we're not a very we don't do classes like I was telling you earlier we're a very big fitness studio if you look at it. it's a glorified fitness studio where anybody could come in 
and train uh, one-on-ones, but we do have a 40-yard dash, you know, that we can measure you with lasers, right? So we have that kind of space, but you'll never wait for anything at, in our gym ever. And that's, you know, that was part of the model when we had it. You know, we've been building it for so long, like, you know, 70 years now. Right. Um, and kind of the idea when we started was, you know, I was tired of, hey, man, my shoulder hurts, my back hurts, I have to go to a chiropractor. Oh no, you know, I got, now I need a massage. I got to go to the massage place now. Right. So when we got together, me and my partner, Dr. Katami, he's a chiropractor and he was like, yeah, man, let's just put it all under one roof. I was like, beautiful. Like, let's you make know. it happen. We just started, you know, and we started off only with the downstairs, which, which was about 18,000 square feet. Okay. And we grew that part to 24,000 square feet. And then uh, I was like, man, we're already in it. Let's go for the top. So we let's just took over it. the building. Yeah. Cool, cool. So yeah. since you are, you know, wanting to see some new faces and help some more people, you know, get some more members to a certain extent, um, what are you doing right now to actively aid that growth process? <laughs> I am ancient. I, <laughs> to be honest with you, we are, I, I don't even say it. Um, we're referral only at the moment. We don't, we try to have a, a social media platform or stuff like yeah. that. But honestly, word of mouth here has kept us alive for seven right. years. And it makes sense too, because of everything that you're offering, right? I mean, I, I was looking at your, at your facility on Facebook and, and it looks really nice. So it makes sense that referrals work for you guys and you're able to build a strong base just off word of mouth. So we've had the ability that the facility sells itself. Yeah. Our hardest part is like, Oh yeah, I heard you guys are a sports performance space. Okay. We were, you know, we are, they come see it. They're like, wow, we were not expecting this, you know? Uh -huh. um, and they went, Oh, where do you train out of? Oh, just come over, go, come check it out. And once they see it, they're like, Oh, wow. We had no idea this was here. Now, is it a good thing that everybody knows that we're not here? Maybe it's a nice little like plug, I guess, you know, like we're like, wow, people know about it, but they don't, they're kind of intimidated sometimes. And then when they come in and they see, you know, the culture we have here, right? they just stay, you know, you know, if you want to go business wise, our closing rates about 85% of new people that come in. Awesome. Right. Awesome. And no referrals. I agree. I mean, super important. And it just really proves like proof of product, like proof of value that you're giving what you're giving your members is valuable enough to where they're willing to refer someone else. Um, I'd say just the bad thing about it is it's hard to make like a game plan for growth, right? Based off referrals and word to mouth. Like, although for the first of the year, let's say you were able to get 10, 15 new people in um, for the first of the year, it's hard to look at February, March and April and, you know, make plans like, okay, that means I'll also be able to get 10 members in, in the coming months. Right. Yeah, I guess it's, it's harder to forecast that way. Right. Um, it's funny, most gyms in the model, the traditional model, slow point summer is usually the lowest point of the year. Okay. We actually go, it's the busiest time of the year for us. So we have two busy times, right? So summertime is when our old, our old high school athletes or all our collegiate athletes now have gone back and they come back home. So we get flooded with like 20 to 30 new guys for the summer because they're home, right? And then the other time is Florida. What do we do? We're the snowboard capital of the world. Everybody flies down here. Now it's going to be less because they all moved down here after COVID. But now during winter, we go up 30 to 40%. It, it's insane, right? So again, we are not 
uh, a commercial big gym that would, hey, you could buy three months or stuff like that. But yeah. we actually, I've got more parents that have stayed here after their kids stopped training with us than the kids training with. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. oh, there were your kids here. I might as well get here. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, I'm going to get a massage. I'm like, great. You know? There, there you go. <laughs> so that's the idea, right? Um, while a mom is waiting for their son to stop, you know, during, do their sports performance training, she'll go get a massage and she gets a little love time for herself. Right? So that's really cool. Right. right um, yeah. So they don't have to go anywhere and, you know, vice versa. That's like a killer deal too. Like what mom doesn't want to take their kids to, you know, their sports training and get a quick massage while they're instead, there instead of waiting in the lobby right yeah, so you always do that so that's that those are all great things that we we are able to do now have you ever tried anything like you know paid ads or digital marketing facebook ads instagram ads to you know acquire new leads get new members i have it just hasn't really worked out in my favor honestly yeah. um yeah it's just most of my my high-end ticket items are all come through referrals. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and I agree. I mean, we talked a little bit before this about just having to wear different hats. Um, and I started, you know, running Facebook ads, Instagram ads in 2016. And it definitely took me a little over a year before I really figured it out and started seeing real returns, had like a marketing angle, a process. Um, were you running the ads yourself also, or did you hire? No, I hired a, a company to do it. Okay. Know? The other thing is we have three other natural funnels that we use for okay. members. Uh, during our nonprofit organization has uh, we have we launch free workouts here and stuff like that for other parts of the of the community. And through that, you know, once they're good, they start joining. You know, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And for the okay. ads that you did run, were you able to track the results in that and you know see like the cost per acquisition, cost per lead? Um, to see if it was, you know, worth it for you in the Viable. end? Um, they were, they were for a bit, but then it just, I, I lost all, all data for it. Like I know I was spending, I think almost like 1500 bucks a month, something okay. like that. Yeah. And that's, and, that's a good amount. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't yeah. getting it. The biggest thing we ever got a great reply on was massage. So it's insane. Like, yeah, I mean, only got a massage book going, but now you know we have four massage therapists that are booked a month out, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's there's a give and take, right? The only thing that we have room for growth is now maybe memberships or anything else, but that we're just overrun, right? And like I was telling you, we do a lot of corporate stuff now, and you know we're I'm I'm constantly looking for new team members, and that's always for any gym or any business. Like once One you start growth. So I don't want to implode. I want to maintain the same value of service that I've always provided is time of training them, making sure they're representing everything right. So now my biggest task is finding the right people. Right, right. No, for sure. And at the end of the day, these things are just tools. You know, you could choose to use them or not. But just seeing across the board how much digital marketing has changed, like the fitness industry and being able to you know oh, find your marketing 100 yeah, I mean, right? you could literally create a whole lead acquisition system just strictly off facebook and just with how many services you guys offer i mean you probably you have a ton of marketing angles of how you could get people and not only massages but you know the chiropractic the acupuncture um you know and the fitness side as well um so that's really cool to hear
Well, cool, cool. So a question that I do like to ask here, just because I think it's a good way for you to reflect on the past years that you've been a gym owner, um, but what was something that was easier that you thought when it came to starting your facility? And what was something that was more difficult or more, more unexpected when it came to running your business? Um, all right. That's, that's more like a three-part question, right? <laughs> easier. What was easier than you thought and what was difficult when it came to starting your business? For me, easier than I thought was client retention. Okay. Client retention for me is simple. Um, because when it's as a coach, I'm talking, I'm referring to myself as a coach at any fitness coach, right? As an entrepreneur is maintaining that personal relationship. Interpersonal relationships for me are the most important part of this industry. Um, it creates loyalty. They give you honest feedback. If you have a great relationship with all your clients, they will honestly tell you when you're slipping and when you're not. Yeah. If you relate that to your coaches to relate to your clients, if they're slipping, your clients will come to you at the end of the day, right? Say, hey, man, this guy's been showing up late to training sessions. He's not on point. You should give him a talk. Uh, to the meantime, I'll train with somebody else, you know, something like that. That's, that's the kind of culture we've always said here at FTX is more like interpersonal relationships. And I think that was the easiest part. The hardest part for me is definitely this new age of fitness. And I'm saying that fitness has evolved so much in the last right. 14 years. It's science now, and I love it, right? Because there's so much medical data behind it. The problem is that you also have the social media crew, right? The social media critics, the social media, everybody. Everybody happens to be a fitness guru, <laughs> right? Um, I so, know quite a few of them. Yeah, so honestly, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a fitness guru, I'm a coach. Okay, cool, man, but can you run a business, right? Businesses, you know, my, my father was an entrepreneur and it was funny. He's like, hey, son, if you can manage a bank account, you can manage anything, right? If you can manage this, you can manage that, right? It doesn't matter what you really study. It's more like if you know how to run a business. Um, so I think that's the edge that I've have been blessed about that I was shown a lot earlier because all these a lot of my friends that are in the fitness industry have no idea what they're getting into when they're opening their own box or their own gym like hey man what's your you know you say kpi and they have no idea what a kpi yeah, is right? yeah. you know what's your what's your break even you know number for your class he's like what no do you idea mean? yeah so i was like wow dude um you're gunslinging have fun <laughs> have fun same, dude same i mean that that just so wild, I mean, and not really though, right? Because most people who get into gym ownership are usually personal trainers that want to help people. And they forget that there's this whole business side of things where you have to be profitable. You have to track your numbers. You have to, you know, have some type of marketing plan. Um, and, you know, people forget that. So that's why, like, I also like doing this just by talking with gym owners and be able to open their minds to things and, you know, get them back on track to maybe like what their original goal was, right? Because some people get trapped in that day-to-day. -day. Something I noticed too, it's always hard for, for gym owners to hire personal trainers. So they get trapped in that day-to-day -day of training clients daily and forget to grow, to keep track of numbers. So so yeah, I definitely agree on that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a numbers freak. I, I love numbers. They tell me how my month is on day seven, right? If I can just forecast that, I should be okay for the rest of the month unless some kind of natural occurrence happens or, you know, there's holidays or stuff like that. 
I love it. I, 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 two things I love. I love business and I love fitness, right? But the fitness part of it is helping somebody else. When you see that click in their eye, once they start understanding that if you do the work, you do all this and you start clicking and you see their lives change you see their lives get happier, you see all that. For me, that's the top notch thing, right? And if you do that, if you give them results and if you give them the patience, you give them the tolerance that, hey, everything's going to be okay. It'll be fine. You'll get there. You'll have a loyal client forever. You know, I've had clients for 10 years. You know, it's not saying that I haven't told them, hey, you don't need a personal training. It's like, nope, I'm not going to do it if you're not there. I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, Yeah, cool. So, So what's kind of your sales process here when you do get you know, someone who's interested in your facility, let's say uh, it is a referral, you know, someone gets invited to your facility, they're interested to see what you have going on. Um, what's your process to turning them into a paid member? So it's one, okay, number one, come see the facility. Once you get them in the door, and like I said, it's an 85% fact that they're going to get closed, right? And that closed in a way like, hey, come in for a, a session come in for a massage or come in for some kind of assessment, right? Usually if it's a, if it's a youth athlete, the mom is the person you need to talk to, right? He's like, what's going on? What's going on when you see him play? How can we assess you? How do we get, what is he looking for to, you know, his, his teammates are betting him or they're just stronger. He's just getting tired on the court. Okay. We can do that. Right. Let me show you how we do it. Right. And then the great thing is about my team that I have specialists. Like I have, you know, a speed specialist. I have the volleyball specialist. I have a cross specialist that's trained, you know, Olympic lacrosse players. We have the strength and conditioning guy that played football at FAU. We have all these, you know, specialists. Um, two, we're not hard sellers. I refuse to be a hard seller. There's nothing more, I think, annoying than, hey, buy a 10 pack. No, 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 no. Yeah. Here, we want you to be a part of, but we want you to be, for you to ask us to be a part of. Like, hey, what's it cost? You know, like we have the uncomfortable questions first. Like, hey, what is, do you have a budget? That's honest, right? Or what are your goals? Once you have your goals, what do you want to do? Is there a time limit, right? Because 50% of all people that walk into a gym have an unrealistic expectation that they could lose 20 pounds in a month, mm-hmm. right? It's not happening in a healthy way. That's yeah, just promise, right? right? So we keep expectations real. And then they're like, okay, let's get honest. What are we planning on doing? Would you like, are you looking for a membership or do you need somebody to coach you through the first couple of weeks? Oh, I need a coach, you know, just for maybe for a week to show me around and show me how to use the machines. Cool. Let me introduce you to Will. Once he introduced you to, you know, uh, one of the coaches, you're good to go. Right. Um, and like I was telling you now with the supplement company, we're trying to get uh, supplementation for their first six weeks covered you know, with protein shakes or multivitamins, stuff like that, just to get them going and familiarize with the brand that we're partnering with and so on and so forth, right? So again, added value. Sometimes I'll have a special of the month. Hey, you know, if you sign up today for a, for a recovery membership, you get a free massage. Free hour massage at a hundred bucks basically covers, you just made $40. Yeah. Like, How do I make $40? Well, if you buy, you know, the... Technically, the membership you want is 65, right? Right. And now you're paying, you're getting a free $100 massage. Boom. You're like, oh my God, I didn't even notice. Okay, cool. Have fun. But now what did you do? You landed a, a membership. And 
my massage therapists are that good that you're going to book your next one. Right, right. No, super smart, super, and everything sells itself, right? I mean, at least, especially with the facility that you got, it's almost like, you know, members should be wanting and like begging to come in and, and sign up. You know, you have so many things to offer. Um, now, if you could wave, let's say a magic wand, a magic business wand, essentially, and have your business be in the exact position that you want it, um, what would that look like to you? To me or to somebody else? To you. So let's just magic wand. You, you could tap your business and proof it's, you know, the numbers you want it, the, the size. You running the way I want it. Uh, I would still come in, train at 6 a.m. Because that's, I, I, I'm old. I'm not changing my ways, right? I'm going to train my guys 6 a.m. I'll probably not train for six hours and then just look over our, our daily figures and pick, wait till three o'clock so I can pick up my son and then go probably play with him. That's it. You know, um, yeah. that's the goal. My goal is to buy more time with my family. That's, that's the ideal goal. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. And I think that's every business owner's goal, right. Is to be able to take a step away from things, have their facility run like a, you know, well-oiled machine, so to speak. Um, I know you mentioned needing to hire more staff. Is that something that you're focused on right now? Hiring more trainers, getting more staff into your facility? I think right now I'm trying to let go a little more and have uh, like our front desk staff run everything else smoother and letting go of the reins just a little bit. I think I fell into a trap a couple of years ago, which is what most entrepreneurs do. Right. And I asked myself that question, right? Do I own a job or do I own a business? Right. And I owned a job because I was a slave to this place. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ask my wife or anybody else I know, everybody says I'm a slave. I love it. You have to have passion. You have to work. And there's, you know, there's, you have to have sweat equity into the place you work in or who do you love and the thing you're trying to build. The question is, can it run itself without you? That's a business. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Uh, I've left for a month and it, you know, I come back and the, the funds are there, right? So I have a business. Do I want to let go of the reins a little bit more? Absolutely. That's good for everybody. Um, I've been working less. I mean, I'm not putting in 16-hour days anymore, which I used to do originally. Uh, what's it look like? What do you think is like the biggest bottleneck you're facing right now from getting to that point of, you know, letting go of the reins more, maybe – uh you know, having the facility run on its own, be able to just take a step back, focus on other passions, focus on other things. Well, the only passion I have is this, right? It's helping and community, building community and stuff like that. For me, my life is dedicated into four pillars, right? You guys have your three gym pillars and stuff like that. I have four buckets that I fill. Personal, family, business, right? And community. After that, uh, I've learned to say no to anything that doesn't fill anything in those buckets. That was a huge lesson for me that actually changed my life a lot. The ability to say no to things that don't interest me was right. huge. That saved me more time for my family, the community and everything else. Once I did that, you know, once I could get, you know, everything's all theoretical, right? I used to pray about everything I have now. And what do I pray for now? More peace. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's one of those things, right? A lot of people don't realize that they're living, you know, the exact life that they once prayed for. They once, you know, wish I'm more for. Than they get so caught I'm up in that day to day. 
the gratitude never stops. Uh, dude, I reached most of my goals a long time ago. Life is good. Um, do I want to make it more smooth? Absolutely. You know, I, I remember those endless nights that I didn't know if I was going to make payroll, you know, or what was I going to get payroll? Am I going to have to borrow money to make payroll? But now it's just like, all right, we got payroll. What's the next project we could work on without, you know, stressing about cash flow? This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to build. We want to build this community. We want to do this. And then through all this and helping more people, you know, memberships come, cash comes, you know, clients come, right? You do the right thing, man. Everything else follows, right? Yeah. You start doing some non-great practice business ethics and stuff like that. You just, you're climbing That's yourself tough. into a, a little ditch that you're not going to be awesome about, right? You're, you won't feel asleep. And then, you know, funny, everything my dad used to say, I used to laugh at him. I'm like, dude, where do you get all these corny things? And the reality, if you can sleep well at night, that's priceless, son. And what do you know? I'm 43 and I love my six hours of sleep, right? <laughs> my six hours of sleep are just, I sleep like a baby, right? That's because your daily six hours? Six, seven hours max. And that's it, man. I'm up at 4.30 every morning. Same. same meditating. Yeah, and then hitting the gym. Yeah, I just yeah, had yeah. a daughter. Um, sorry, I'm not off topic, but a year and a half ago, and that was Congrats, one of those things I had. To, yeah, one of those things I had to learn was waking up and beating her awake. You know, she was waking up at six thirty every morning, waking me up at six thirty. So it was like, man, she's beating me to my day, and then just taking over everything. So I had to teach myself up at four. Um, you know, to get started with you have that silent hour of awesome productivity. Right. Right before the cell phone starts ringing, before everybody starts emailing, that solid hour to yourself, you know, quiet time is priceless. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, and I just had my son two and a half years ago, man. So I- Congrats. Get to come, yeah. <laughs> there you go, awesome. So we know what you want for your business now, right? Um, we know that you obviously care a lot about your members, what you have going on, being all in one, providing a lot of value to your people. Um, but what is it that you want from your business? What's like that big picture for you, that end goal of where you're trying to take your gym? Wow. Or Scalability. Right? Yeah, you know, to be scalable. You know, I, I don't want to be the guy opening in every city. I have no, I'm, you know, I'm ambitious, but not that ambitious, right? Because I know what comes with that. It's yeah. Less time for me and my family. So I don't, I'm not interested in that. Um it's just to be scalable, right? Where I could be remotely 34 months out of the year somewhere else and I could check it and it's doing fine. And we're still doing the same thing with our same core values that I'd be interested in anything else, you know, is just crazy. I, I, I don't want to be that franchise where I want to scale up to 1500 places. No, no, I don't want that kind of stress, <laughs> you know, no. yeah, for I would sure. love to stand for something and, you know, just say legacy of, Man, that guy built something impressive, a great model, stood for his community, great person in general, and that's it, you know, and gave a good life to his family and friends. Awesome. Um, yeah. You know, some people say, hey, man, I want to have 50 gyms, dude. Good luck with you. Because I, dude, <laughs> crazy. No thanks, man. I would love to scale it, maybe three, four, five, whatever, but not, no. Like, you know, I'll do, you know, with respects to bedroom schooling and Mr. Um, uh, fit body, what, what's it called? Fit body. Okay. That guy's a monster, man. I've had the pleasure of meeting him, hearing him speak and he's a monster, but 
do I want that kind of no that's not for me yeah some some guys just have a different type of like mindset there's another mindset of more 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 I feel like if I could scale it to two or three four maybe right cool um but again I would have to have three or four of me which is then the hardest part is the training and accepting that somebody has the same core values as I do and pass it on yeah yeah definitely all right. Well, all right, Octavio, I think that's a pretty good place to, you know, start to wrap things up on this episode. Um, but before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to your website, Facebook page, Instagram, you know, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah, buddy. FTXWellness.com is our website. Uh, FTX Wellness and Performance. We have two on social media. Um, and Sefuentes.Octavio is my personal Instagram. That's about it. I don't really post anything there, though. <laughs> I'm not good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, we absolutely appreciate your time. Um, You know, I look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'm Brooke. I'll be your host today. And joining me on the show is Mike Parsons from Alpha Power Performance Training in Ontario, Canada. Welcome, Mike. How are you? Not too bad. I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for taking some time out of the busy day-to-day to step away and give back to the industry a little bit. Before we like dive into your business and how you do things and why you do them that way, tell us a little bit about you know what it was that got you started in owning this gym in the first place. What got me started was I was playing football and I, my football career was over. I needed something competitive to do so that I started powerlifting. Uh, and ironically, a lot of my teachers in high school said I couldn't make money lifting weights, which is kind of ironic now. But I ended up just falling in love with the gym scene and getting and really being a part of that team atmosphere and building something for the future. And also for my kids uh, to get when they uh, come up. And it's going to be really exciting to see where this thing goes. And uh, basically for me, I just like changing people's lives and, and giving people a different perspective on fitness. 
Awesome, awesome. So basically, you prove those teachers wrong. Um, you're making money doing what you love now. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best feeling. I think you know when you truly find something that you love and you're able to do that as a career. That's just the best. So now you have your own gym. It's called Alpha Power and Performance Training. Tell us a little bit about you know your facility. Obviously, we can't see in through the doors of the facility. You know, we're completely virtual here. Yeah. So you know, tell us about the service that you provide. What's the kind of vibe of the facility? So we're 1,200 square feet in a larger 75,000 square foot sport facility, which uh, lends us better to uh, serve the people around us. So we have several sports in the facilities, such as baseball, uh, ball hockey, soccer, basketball, stuff like that. So they all kind of filter into our area when they need something to be improved for their performance and stuff like that. So our facility has, we do basically PT or personal training for people who don't know, but uh, personal training only. Uh, the only the other thing that we do uh, is a two day a week uh, powerlifting team where there's seven to eight members and, and we kind of do that as well. But basically our, our facility is mostly strength driven uh, and power. So mostly plate loaded. We have dumbbells up to 200 pounds. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's just, uh, you won't see in an average gym, uh, just because, you know, they're not going to utilize them as much as we would. So it's just a kind of a different spin on, uh, what a fitness facility you would think looks like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, you know, you are kind of more of a strength, based personal training, um, you know, program. And you brought up the point that you're located in a sports kind of facility. So there's other stuff going around. How does that work? You rent out your space? Yeah. So so the way that we, we kind of came in there was we, they had little sections that we could choose. Now I needed one with a bay door just so that I could get all the equipment in easier. Uh, and then obviously with all the surrounding stuff, we have the nets up, uh, I actually have an enclosure around my area that's like fencing. So it's it's almost like a zoo in a weird kind of way where we have these the cage in there that we're kind of like almost weirdly, you know, caged animals lifting stuff. So it's kind of a cool atmosphere in that. Uh, but then you have all the sports going around, you have the kids and everything. Uh, and, you know, also there's other older groups that come in like, you know, men's soccer and men's rugby and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just kind of a a mishmash of stuff around us that we, you know, kind of support. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Like a cage, like a weightlifting kind of cage. I remember we had one of those in my high school and it was literally like a cage. They didn't have a weightlifting room. So they literally built a cage around the weights and that's where the you know the teams went to lift their weights this is what this is giving me major high school like memories here. Oh, that's awesome no, I, you know what it's uh when you're talking about the especially the the early on lifting experience and we had a weightlifting uh course in our school and it was mostly for the football guys um and that was one of the things where i could get a credit for weightlifting and i was like wow this maybe i can you know, go a little farther with this. And a lot of my teachers kind of laughed because I, I spent a lot of time in the gym. So, you know, it, it, but again, I focused a lot of my time on that as opposed to academic at the time. But uh, obviously, you know, things change, but, you know, we still kept that love. 
Yeah, for sure. So being that you kind of have a unique facility, you're located in another sports facility, I'm kind of interested in knowing, you know, are your clients, you know, coming in because they see you in there? Or, you know, is it, are, are you doing marketing efforts to get your clientele? So we, we have what we have websites put up. We also have a social media presence in uh, Instagram and also Facebook. Um, a lot of the older people are kind of looking at the Facebook aspect of it um, because that's what they're kind of on right now. Uh, we're not doing the Snapchat stuff as much, you know, it's just, that's, you know, I'm not very interested in that at this moment. Um, for me, I was always raised that we, you don't show off as much when you're in the gym, like you're, and it's kind of been a re really weird transition for me to be having to post lifts. And, you know, a lot of my clients kind of feel uncomfortable posting their lifts because of how negative sometimes the connotation with social media can be, because there's a lot of, like anybody knows, there's a lot of haters out there and my God, it just, you know, body, body image issues and stuff like that. It doesn't help when somebody posts a number that they're very proud of, like, you know, somebody hits a, a good bench and they're like, oh, look, look at, oh, that's a great bench, but look how heavy you are or, you know, whatever. And it's just completely um, pointless for them to do that. But again, it, it, it is one of those things. So I actually post a lot of the pictures and, and videos of the things I do because I'm kind of a, uh, a different looking trainer uh, from a physical standpoint. And, and not a lot of people have been negative in my social media thread, which is, which is very good. There's been a couple, but nothing, you know, too crazy, but people respect the lifts and people respect what you do. And when you're in a community uh, of lifters, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you bring up an interesting point and that's kind of the social media thing and, you know, what, what you're posting and, um, you know, something that I like to kind of look at is there's other things to post on your social media besides like the lifts, mm -hmm. you know, things to post are like, uh, you know, client wins, like, oh, this is Susie and she just, you know, she just gained two pounds of muscle, like congrats, Susie. That's the type of stuff that gets people excited, right? So other, you know, outside of posting people lifting weights or posting like, you know, numbers and stuff like that, have you kind of showed that culture side of it um, and stuff like that? Because I think that that's a huge driver to pull people in. So like one, one of the biggest things that we actually found, we, uh, I actually did um, a local TV show so I actually produced a show and was the host of a show called Lift Big TV uh, through my local uh, Rogers area. And we, we did, I think it was about 12 or 13 episodes through that, that were about an hour long. And, you know, we talked about varying issues. We actually had an entire episode based on pelvic floor and it was all women and me. And I have no idea about that stuff, but it was, it was actually brought up to me by a few of my female clients that, you know, this was an issue and during their lifts that, you know, they felt like they were, uh, you know, going to pee, honestly. So it was like, and I was like, oh, that's a thing. I don't, I didn't know about this. So then we actually brought in uh, our, our area specialist uh, of pelvic floor uh, strengthening and stuff like that. And we brought her in and we actually had a full episode on pelvic floor stuff. And it was, we had a huge outcrying of uh, support from the local community and women and even from different cities that watched it and said, Hey, you know, we, this is a, this is a great topic. I can't believe you're actually talking about this. 
And I said, you know what, hey, if there's an issue, we'll find we'll find out what it is and see if we can help. So, I mean, it's just looking at outside of the box and, and trying to find different avenues that you can kind of get out to the community. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you bring up the point of nurturing and that's a, that's a great way to use social media to pull clients in is by, you know, providing your client with information that's going to help them in one, you know, one way or another. And maybe somebody sees something that you post about the pelvic floor. Maybe Mm -hmm. somebody sees something that you post about nutrition. Maybe they see something that you post about an exercise. They've seen you three times and then they're like, oh, maybe I'll reach out. And then they come in and you change their life. So, um, you know, just being there um, and then like noticing you makes a huge difference. Do you guys do paid advertising on on social media or is it just kind of the organic posting we've done a bit of both uh we had mixed success with uh the paid stuff uh but also i found that like when we did more localized targeting of the area because a lot of that stuff will target the generalized area but you're never going to get that organic uh numbers that are going to come into your actual facility so if they're two cities away and they see it okay they're probably not going to come in but it was it was really shocking to me how many people were organically watching what we were doing and really trying to make that internal uh, decision to come in because we had about 60 to 65 people over the course of about a four month span after the show that had called us and said hey we were watching the show we had some more questions So then we were kind of delving into that and then obviously taking our process and making it, okay, well, how many of these people are actually going to be coming in? And then out of those people, how many are going to be long-term clients? Yeah, totally. I I like what you're saying there because, you know, I know in my life, I might see an ad, right? I might see an ad for a restaurant. I see it once. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll go follow them or whatever but I don't take any action. I don't book a reservation. I don't go there. But then after I've, I saw the ad, I follow them. They're, they're starting to pop, pop up in my newsfeed. And then I'm like, oh, I keep getting the reminder, that constant reminder that they're there. And that's when I make a trip out to that restaurant, that gym, whatever. So, you know, that's a really good point of just kind of always being there, you know? Yeah. Um, okay, sweet. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, where your clients are coming from and, um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what is your idea of growth for the future? Can you hypothetically handle more clients? Are you looking to hire honest staff? Like what does that, the future look like in those terms? So the future for us, uh, is trying to get into more competition, Uh, for powerlifting and like uh, I've said to a lot of people before uh, an average competition in Ontario is around 80 to 120 people which is uh, they're paying around 125 dollars a pop which is a lot of money and revenue that you can get but you also have to run a good meet so that they want to come back they tell all their lifting buddies at the gym you know and this is what it is and you also have to create a supportive atmosphere so that you know everyone feels comfortable safe and secure that they're going to get And they're going to have a fun time when they're lifting. You know, a lot of the things that I love about powerlifting is that men and women lift in the same area. They're lifting at the same times. They don't, there's no deviation between the lifts. They're exactly the same. And everybody wants to see everybody succeed. So obviously through COVID, we kind of had, we hit the wall 
where we couldn't do any traveling, we couldn't set up, we couldn't get stuff ready for the future. But again, I think that the biggest thing for our future is getting into the competition mode and getting uh, basically a travel, it's almost like a traveling circus really is what we're gonna be trying to do and bringing it from town to town, probably about once a month. And, you know, which will give us a good stream of revenue as well as, you know, keeping it fresh for us. Yeah, totally. I love the idea of branching out into the competition side of things, but I feel like that's something that's also going to take, you know, time away from, you know, the facility itself and, you know, those types of things. So what are your plans? Like, are you going to try to do both all by yourself or like what, what do you have in mind for that? So basically a lot of the people that I've been training that, uh, on the powerlifting day, it's, it's almost like a weird recruiting tool for me to, teach them the ways and, and of my training style and why and how the business runs through that and seeing if there's anybody that can kind of stand out for me uh, in that group setting so that I can see, okay, they're doing visual audio cues with their other, other teammates. Maybe this guy could be a good trainer for me. And then, you know, you can get a branch out from that as well as, you know, they can kind of, private sector it themselves and kind of come in as like a private contractor so that they have their own insurance and all that other stuff. So you kind of cover your butt a little bit from both sides of the spectrum on that. And we've looked into that a lot as well as hiring on employees as well, uh, what the pitfalls and positives and negatives can be for that. So I, I, for sure, definitely, we're going to be looking at hiring on some more trainers that kind of fit our mold um in the future and that's uh hopefully you know spread to about you know 35 to 45 clients probably as our cap for our area but that's you know that's just how we run things that you know that's just how it works for us yeah totally totally i think it's great that you kind of are thinking about those next steps and looking at people that you've already coached to kind of step into that role because i think that's a great way to kind of find the right staff you know hire within, that's a great kind of way of doing things. And that's something that we see a lot in the industry. Um, I mean, that's how I got started in the industry. I was just working out at a CrossFit gym and got pulled in that way. So, you know, that's common. Um, you know, I think a really big piece of this podcast that I really like to touch on as much as possible is challenges, pitfalls, like you said before, you know, what would you say has been, you know, some of the biggest challenges that you faced within the business? Uh, I would say the starting, uh, the starting a business is probably the hardest thing that you're going to do uh, because you're, you're trying to find a concept and trying to find a niche in a market that is so saturated with so many different training styles, so many different opinions and you're trying to find your own piece of that pie um, as well as, you know, trying to enjoy what you're doing. So, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, gym owners right now that they, they, they chose a bottle or, or uh, a fitness model that was um, more about the money as opposed to enjoyment. And they really are miserable when they're running their business. They're just like, you know, grinding out and, you know, they're just not happy. And whereas whenever I go to work, I love what I do. And that's what I think that most people need to try to find is that training style that you love, try to get involved in that and try to figure out how you can make it profitable while still enjoying what you do. Absolutely. I mean, nobody really realizes how tough starting a business is going to be well, until they actually start one. I mean, 
no matter what kind of business you're starting, if you're starting a little business selling crafts from your house or starting a gym, like it's hard. Um, You know, all the technicalities of it, definitely something that is a deep struggle and an ongoing struggle. It's not something that just kind of, you know, disappears, dissipates once you get started. It's going to be ongoing. Um, You know, what with your current clientele, would you say that there's any challenges there? Do you have challenges in terms of retention? Do you have challenges, you know, bringing new people in? What would you say is kind of a current challenge that you're seeing? Well, I think that a lot of the, our retention training stuff, like especially retaining clients that come in with a preconceived notion of what we do. Uh, unfortunately, there is a lot of good with social media and a lot of bad. So right. there's a lot of guys and girls on on social media that they come in and they're like, hey, I saw this guy doing a deadlift. I want to do that. And you say, okay. So then you start doing a deadlift and like, oh, God, I hate that. I got to get out of this. And it's just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, I've the most common thing that I've had, especially with men, young men, especially, uh, they come in and they say, oh, I want to bench 400 pounds. And it's like, okay, well, this is what you need to do to get there. Well, I don't want to do that. (laughs) And it's like, well, okay, you can't have both. So, you know, I would say retention is a big issue for us and and trying to find out how to motivate them while not, you know, breaking them down too much. And a lot of these strength, like especially the hardcore, hardcore strength gyms, they go way too hard, way too quick. They try to go with these people and say, oh, well, if you're if you're too soft to do this, you shouldn't be here. Well, no, you, you have to nurture and get these people to goals that are attainable and, you know, keep them motivated in a, in a positive manner and keep them going from a standpoint of success and not failure. So that's kind of what we've been looking at right now. And our biggest issue, like you said, the retention of people when you're talking about strength training, a lot of people just kind of want to go and chat at the gym and you know, kind of lift a couple 10 pound dumbbells and that's the end of it. But, you know, we kind of go a little harder than that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, It's, there's a lot more to it. And, you know, that type of person, they might be able to find something that works for them out there in the fitness world. I mean, there's a million of different kind of options, but no, this isn't cut dry the same for everybody. So, um, Mike, what's kind of a word of advice that somebody has given you since you've owned your own business that's really resonated with you, um, you know, as a business owner? I, I would say one of the best advice that someone gave me was don't listen to other people's advice. <laughs> you got to kind of listen to your kind of inner monologue and, and you're, 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 you're trying to find something that you're going to enjoy doing. But at the same time, you kind of almost have to listen to yourself and believe in yourself because most of the world's not going to believe in you more than you are. (laughs) So you have to kind of keep yourself motivated and say, okay, if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to be doing this business plan, I have to make this work because I don't have a backup plan. This is, I'm going to make this work because I believe in what I do and I love what I do and it will work. And a lot of people, they go, well, if it doesn't work, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. You have to look at it and say, no, this is going to work and really believe it and kind of go for it that way. You have to internalize those feelings. Like you have Mm -hmm. to believe it. 
I mean, that's something that I, I like tell everybody, like you have to truly believe that you're going to be able to accomplish things. I mean, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, look at myself in the mirror, Brooke, you are going to do this. You have to internalize those feelings and believe that you can to be able to be successful in your everyday life. I I totally believe that that's how you've become so successful is because you did believe, right? Oh Um, yeah. I, I had several people tell me, uh, you're not the model of fitness and, and that really kind of affected me early on saying, Oh my God, like I, what, I don't have a place in the fitness world because I'm a bigger person. Like, Oh no, what, what am I going to do? And then I realized, wait a minute. No, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm very, I've been very successful in lifting. I lo- and I love this. I'm not going to let somebody tell me I can't be part of this. And, and that was, you know, when my journey kind of started. Yeah, you can't. Haters are going to hate, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to just let go of that and believe that it's you. You're the one that can control the future. Yep. Um, that's that's awesome. Thank you for ending with that mic drop kind of moment there. Hey, See that somebody else is going to pull some value from that because that's going to stick with me for the rest of the day. Um, Mike, where can we find you guys on social media if we want to check out your facility? So you can find us at liftbag.ca or on Facebook uh, under Alpha Power and Performance Training. Uh, as well, we kind of have a show on Rogers Local uh, Channel 20 if you're in Ontario. So you just go on their website, Rogers TV and Brantford, and we'd be under Lift Big TV. Awesome. Super excited to go check that out. Mike, thank you for giving us your take on the industry today. I had a a lot of fun. Um, And for our listeners, thank you guys so much as well. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us on a future episode to talk about your take within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.